0: Hey, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Leadology Podcast. Man, oh man, this is the place to be. Because you know why? Because we are talking trombone to crazy good trombonists. I'm a trombone player. I like to talk about trombone. And this week, one of my favorite trombonists on the planet, Mr. Marshall Jilks, is our special guest. And you know what that means. We need a high D-flat. Do it! Yes! Lord, that's a D-flat. That's a dog flat. So Marshall Jilks, man, one of my favorites. A great trombonist. Really one of the most important voices on our instrument these days. Um... He plays lead, he plays jazz, he's a soloist, he's a a writer, composer, orchestrator, a leader. Um, He's good-looking, he's a nice guy, he's hilarious. Marshall, stop it. That's too much, man. Gotta leave something for the next generation. But (sighs) there you have it. He's fantastic, man. So we had a wonderful get-together, a Zoom session... And we discussed all kinds of things, solved all the problems of the universe, and then some. And uh, I'd like to share it with you, all of it, right now, right here. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's go talk with Marshall Jilks. Hey, look, it's Marshall Jilks welcome to the leadology podcast
1: Hey, steve great to see you man thanks for having me
0: oh man great to see you too uh hey could we get security to the front the uh the applause is a little deafening here we, we need to talk <laughs> says the says the man who will edit that in later oh it's gonna sound great um yeah man so here we are and uh I've I've had the pleasure of knowing you for a while now, you know, most of the most of the century, in fact, and uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, so I know the answer to this one. But for our listeners who may just now be uh, getting into the wonderful world of Marshall, let's uh, let's establish the pronunciation of your last name. Jokes. (laughs) Uh, Right. And there. Well, of course, you got it right. and, man, Dennis de Blasio and I used to do this this funny thing on the road because everybody would, would not only mispronounce my name and say Weist instead of Weist, but it, uh, I go by my middle name, Steve, so it's John Stephen Weist. So it was a hopeless mishmash at the, at the hotel when they're handing out keys for the rooms. Uh, and, you know, I'd say, uh, they go, name, and I go, uh, Steve Weist, and they go, John Willis? Said so, no, 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 no. Steve Weist, Fred Hampenstance, and then Danny would join in and come up with these outrageous names. So, yeah, I know what it is. So jokes, it is. You had a cool. Uh, your dad had a cool way of remembering that. What was?
1: Oh yeah. Would you order a gin and tonic? My dad says.
0: A <laughs> gin and tonic. Yeah. Now I would order a gin again and again, but not a. A, a gin and tonic. That's that's good, man. I like that. Anything that can be done to help names be pronounced correctly is is my thing.
1: Well, I think the the greatest thing would be if people just don't just assume that they know what it is when they walk out on stage and introduce you. Right. <laughs> oh as as yeah. It's the funniest thing when you when you when you go out and somebody who has hasn't even introduced themselves to you goes and announces you, and then you watch the whole the whole band like cringe, like oh god, who's the <laughs> you know, like or, Right. Yeah. Right. But you know, when I lived in Germany, they used to actually correct me on on my name. Because you know, German German is sounds like it's written and is written like it sounds, like yeah, you know, which is which actually that makes perfect makes make great sense, right? That's how the <laughs> it'd be nice right. if English was that way, you know. But um, I'm like I've been, you know, like trying to tell my son why the Philadelphia Phillies are spelled pH, you know, or these different kinds <laughs> of things like that, you know. Like, right, right. Um, but um um but he used to walk into a bank and they'd say Nambita, Nambita, oh, uh, Jilks. And they'd say oh schreibt man das. Like, how do you how do you write that? Oh, G-E-L-K-A-S. Oh, not nine, that's Gilkes. They would like correct me on my name. Tell Whoa. me, no, no, you're actually your name is Gilkes, So yeah. wow.
0: <laughs> With without a without a preference, uh preference of saying ahead of time that this is auf Deutsch, we say Gilkes. They would just say
1: yeah, right? Flat out. So it, it actually got to the point where I just sometimes people it was like a you know, a bureaucratic kind of thing, I would just say guilt is instead of jokes. <laughs> just <laughs> not not to have to go through the whole process, you know.
0: <laughs> right. It's just easier at that point. Uh, yeah. Well, we were talking the other day, uh, and in the times past, I've talked with you also just about uh, the fact that uh, I remember uh, seeing one of the videos on YouTube of you introducing a tune for the WDR, and it sounded to me like you were incredibly fluent in German, but you mentioned... Uh, When you went over there initially for the WDR, you weren't.
1: Well, I knew a good bit of German. I had studied it in high school. Um, Mm. um, You know, my my brother has also studied German in high school. And then my dad spoke some German. So I guess I just chose that in school. So uh, it it started slowly coming back and I tried to work on it while I was there. I, you know, I still don't by any means speak perfect German or whatever. And I'm trying, you know, try try to work on it from time to time. I want to keep it up. But, uh, right. um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a tough language. But it's, I think it's a language that once you learn it, it's, it's kind of hard to forget. Uh, just
0: because. Yeah, of the, and that it and seems and- fairly logical when you get into it. I think yeah. I only know, I know Einbischen just, just enough to get in trouble. I'll yeah. Like you know, like you, <laughs> like you and I have done. I'll try to say something. You'll go, well, no, you got the uh, beginning of that wrong. Or I'll <laughs> see a, will see a German cat and I'll go, it's mein Freund And they'll just I said, oh, I got nothing. I, I,
1: yeah. can't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hang. Yeah, oh. That's the thing. You got to be careful in other countries, right? I remember in Japan, like I learned how to say, excuse me, where's the bathroom? Yeah. Yeah. So I said, toi do, toi wa doko and all of a sudden, like, Brr, like oh, oh. Uh, and, and, but, and I'm like too proud to say I don't understand. So then I just just right. hold it for hold it for three more hours, you know? Right, right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the commitment we have to that. Yeah, yeah. Uh what the worst thing I ever did, the worst ugly American thing I ever did, I was in Germany, had brought a band over there and I was I was trying to hang and I was in the car with this guy and I wanted to ask him where the American uh airbase was. I I thought there was one in the area. And I'm trying and I'm trying to use German words, auf Deutsch and I, I got frustrated. And so I just said, where is the American base? You know, I started talking in <laughs> G- German accent. Like, oh, man. He just gave me a look like, yeah, man. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh. You know, it, uh, speaking of names, there was, uh, are you familiar with uh, the big um, uh, uh, Travis, Kelsey and Taylor Swift? thing i don't know if you follow any of that
1: that they're dating or
0: yeah yeah and that so that yeah, on I, mean, all I, the...
1: I watched a couple of chiefs games and i saw yeah
0: yeah yeah me too uh and that's the the extent of it you know it seems like a fun thing and then his brother seems like a lot of fun but there was this big thing that came on one of the news shows saying that even though they themselves say kelsey with their name their dad insists that it's kel's and uh hmm. Like, I don't know, I I just don't know who to believe anymore.
1: I did not know that.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, there we go. All right, so this is theoretically a show about trombone based on trombone, (laughs) thus the leadology thing. Well, we get into everything which which I like, but uh, I've got some some prepared goodies here. Let's start with something that's uh, compositional. Uh, Because I'm into composition as well. And uh, not only do I greatly respect your profound talents on the instrument, and as a a true voice on the instrument now, uh, these days, um, I also respect your compositional prowess. So here comes the lightning round. Uh, (laughs) I'll pick a tune from each one of your projects, and then just uh, ask you, uh, what were you thinking? What are you doing? What are you doing with that tune? So So can
1: I can I share a brief thought first though? Please, please do. I just thought about this the other day though. I was thinking about how how. No wait, never mind. No, I just I just (laughs) answered the question. Never mind. Oh, it
0: was a good moment though. Well, well, do do share what was the internal? No, 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 no. Actually,
1: it it makes zero sense now. What I was thinking was funny. Never mind. Oh, okay. (laughs) okay. Yeah, sorry. We can do the lightning round. I'm
0: ready. All right, lightning round. But I'm going to imagine the funniest thing ever that you were just thinking. I don't know what it was, but it was incredibly funny. Uh, all right, lightning round. First off, the first album. There's another pronunciation. Uh, Edinburgh, pronounced.
1: Uh, Ed- Eden Dairy. Yeah. Eden
0: Dairy. I keep putting Barry in there. I've got it written as Barry. Okay. So, so Mr. Gilkis, is that first album <laughs> Edinburgh? All right. So. Eden Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. Mispronouncing words. You gotta love that. So, a couple of things. Uh, with this lightning round, here I am now, after the fact. Post-production, man. And uh, I wanted to add some stuff. First of all, uh, wow, is uh, my voice hot or what? And I don't mean, like, aesthetically. I mean, the uh, original recording was was pegging man plus I was just excited to be hanging with Marshall we always have such a good time the adrenaline was flowing uh, anyway the idea of post production is that I want to add just a little snippet of each tune that we talk about so with the album Eden look at that it's easy when you try the uh, title track is just a gorgeous piece of music uh, very folkish sounding um, boy just a great example of the depth of Marshall's compositional skills um, which obviously and quite often set up a perfect palette for his trombone playing here's just a little snippet of the beautiful tune Eden Derry and look for it on other recordings because he's orchestrated it for full band but here's the first version just a wee bit
1: That's, um, well, when I was a kid, my I moved around quite a bit because my dad was, uh, he was a conductor in the Air Force Band. Oh, uh, right. System. Yeah. And so uh, the last place we lived was kind of my favorite, and that was Colorado Springs.
0: Oh, and, beautiful uh, the place. And
1: the, the street we lived on was called Edendary. Mm. And uh, so that was kind of the, the last house I lived in before, uh, kind of before I left home. And uh, it was also, it was a, it was a special place because it, it was it was right up in the mountains, you know, and, uh, oh, and our house was like, the, our house was maybe the second or third house on the street. It was like a mm-hmm. new development. So it was kind of, you know, and I, I could just go out the door and I could basically walk out and go hiking or go mountain biking out the back door. It was really, oh man, um, you know, and, uh, you know, Colorado still, like you know, when you're a military kid, it's hard because you, people ask, you know, people ask me now, where are you from? Yep. Like I was born in Camp Springs, Maryland on Andrews Air Force Base, which is now called wow. Joint Base Andrews, but I never lived in Maryland. Mm. My parents lived in, my dad was stationed in Washington, D.C. at the time. That's just where the hospital was. And then within wow. a year, we moved to New Hampshire, and then we moved a couple years later to uh, New Jersey, and then to Alabama for a year, uh, wow. Illinois, Southern Southern Illinois for four years, and then to Colorado, where my dad was stationed at the Air Force Academy. But yeah, so it's like, where, where are you, where are you <clears throat> from? Well, do you want to hear the whole list, or I just you know, sort of from Colorado? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think my, my my usual answer is, well, I grew up in a military family, but I'm kind of from Colorado.
0: <laughs> right. I yeah. I would claim of all the ones you mentioned, I I would certainly claim that is that but you uh, lived in
1: Colorado, right? Yeah, you lived in the Ranch, right? Yeah. I
0: did. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Gorgeous man. It's so beautiful there, uh and and I always enjoyed going down to Garden of the Gods and all that stuff. Man,
1: mm-hmm.
0: just such a beautiful area. Yeah, and and Red Rocks. Do you ever get a chance to play in Red Rocks? You no, know,
1: I've never, I've never played at Red Rocks. No, it is, it drive, is cool. I drive right by there all the time, going up I seventy.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's oh, yeah, yeah. such a beautiful. We're talking about the the great natural amphitheater outside of uh, Denver called uh, Red Rocks. It's famous. So many people, you two, and uh, the Beatles and Louis Armstrong, Duke, I think, played there. Hmm. It's it's an amazing facility, and it's outside. Uh, is that still the family home, Eden Dairy?
1: Uh, no, not, not for quite some time. Um, for, mm. for quite a number of years, my mom still lived in Colorado Springs, but she moved out by me a couple of years ago, so she lives here in New York.
0: Oh, cool! Um, That's great.
1: That's but, good. yeah, and so you know, I haven't been back in a while. I'm actually going to go go out in March for about nine days, take my kids and take them skiing and whatnot.
0: So. I was just going to say, I'm okay. sure skiing is part of the uh, part of the puzzle. Yeah. You, you and Joe do that sometimes, right? Joe tells me you oh, guys.
1: Oh, um, we've been skiing maybe once together. I think. Yeah. Oh,
0: okay, so just you once. Know,
1: once, uh, it was funny. We we went once. We were getting ready to go play this piece that Sam Palafian composed. Oh man, two trombones in wind band. <laughs> wow, um, and we decided to kind of uh, to meet first in in Colorado. Uh, for a couple days, and we went up to Breckenridge, and we skied a little bit. And actually, Warren yeah. Deck joined us one day, which is did
0: cool. he? Oh, I love and, Warren. Um, man. Oh,
1: that's you know Warren because you had from DU, right? Yeah, you guys yeah. You guys oh, out there, yeah, I would always bug uh, him for so, Lenny's
0: stories, you know Bernstein's uh, so stories.
1: We, we, yeah, he came up there, and then we, um, yeah, we. I guess we practiced a little bit, and then we went down to my mom's house. <laughs> ah, yeah, Joe still talks about this uh, blackberry cobbler that she made, but <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um. and then, and then we and then we. I guess we we flew down to Albuquerque and then rehearsed this piece and played it down there after that yeah
0: but uh oh cool that's uh the school where my buddy Glenn Coster uh teaches there too
1: that's right okay the yeah jazz stuff
0: all right here we are post-production again and uh I'd like to play a snippet of the next piece we're going to talk about this is the amazing puddle jumping and um that's the first time I heard Marshall was this piece and for a lot of people this was their introduction to Marshall and his amazingness. Check this thing out. (laughs) gave us puddle jumping so uh tell us a little bit about that astounding ditty. <laughs>
1: well um i guess the that whole idea and uh i guess kind of concept of playing if you want to call it that yeah. but I, I i was always a big fan of a still a big fan of a lot of saxophone players and yeah i, mean, I listen to everything not just trombone. so well it sounds uh, like it was, in
0: your playing for sure
1: oh uh, um, when I was, I guess, senior in high school, I was listening to a lot of Joshua Redman tenor Ooh, saxophone players, yeah. as well as Michael Brecker. Woo! And uh, Joshua Redman had had a, has a tune called Hide and Seek on an album called Freedom in the Groove, where he's kind of using mm. like a slap tongue on the saxophone to create this bass note effect. And I was like, when I was seventeen years old. I said, man, that's cool. How do I do that? And so I just kind of started trying to work on jumping from the pedals and making bass bass notes doing that, you know? Yeah. So at first, I could kind of start playing like that tune, mm-hmm. hide and seek a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, uh, moving forward, you know, I, I love the tune Delta City Blues by Michael oh,
0: Rutgers, so Oh, man, that's so, so hip. It's yeah. not,
1: I mean, puddle jumping is not exactly like that, but it's kind of a little bit of a template in terms of the shapes, the shapes of the... right. Of the lines, you know, um and so call and response um, that's kind of where, yeah, and the idea was kind of setting up setting up a groove and a groove harmony and you know a baseline for the listener and then try to improv- improvise on top of it, sort of you know, yeah, um, and uh that's that's really kind of what I was going for with that and where it came from, you know
0: well, I, I think for a lot of folks, I'll speak for myself, but early on, that's one of the first things I heard, and it's just so striking and unique and it's uh uh it's just a, a very cool thing so i'm glad you listened to uh to josh and the record yeah
1: i put on tales from the hudson the other day i was like oh my god this record is so good <laughs> isn't that
0: unbelievable amazing. he was i mean it's just just
1: oh. uh yeah and, but redmond too like sometimes i put on i go back you know it used to be i used to do tons of well, years back and when i was younger i used to do a lot of like wedding gigs and yeah you know, yeah we, in new york they call them club dates uh Right. Uh, which doesn't right. which doesn't make any sense because you're not playing in a club, you're playing like at the Waldorf or the Pierre Hotel or that always uh, confused if, me. If, that... just, if it's not a good one at the Holiday Inn out and in, no. But um <laughs> right. but uh but but it's uh it it, it they call them club dates. I can never figure that out. But sometimes, you know, sometimes you do one and they some of the music you're playing, you're like you leave like, oh man. Yeah. And I used to go out to my car and crank this tune called "Rejoice" by Joshua Revan from from album his called "Mood Swing." And It's with him, Brad Meldow and um, uh, Brian Blade and Christian McBride. And that's man, that track wow. used to just set my mood right back on track, you know.
0: <laughs> oh man, I'm yeah, gonna yeah. start. I'm gonna use that as well. You can't can't go wrong with that aggregation of cats. My goodness, yeah, yeah, yeah. What a great group. Well, let's see, there's there's not a lot of lightning in this round as, as it's designed to just give us something <laughs> oh. to focus on. But all right, so we'll pretend like it's lightning here. The uh, Lost Words, Quintet, uh, my man, Michael Rodriguez. What? A trumpet player. Holy moly.
1: Yeah, he's uh, he's incredible, man. He's also also equally as good a friend of mine as he is. <laughs> but, and we uh, Oh, that's you know, cool. We hang, we hang out quite a bit. We live somewhat close to each other. so um, oh, And we've great. known each other. Probably, I mean, since uh, I don't know, over 20 years now, we've been playing wow. together. Um, Is he in first... the uh,
0: Brassology too? Does he do that also? Yeah, yeah, he also played yeah. on
1: that project. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: Um, well, the the we, tune we originally...
1: that yeah, go ahead. Oh, oh sorry, No, we re- originally met um, in this in this guy named David Berger. If you you know Dave Berger, the mm-hmm. composer and uh, arranger, transcriber.
0: Right, It um, has the um, uh, Birdland thing sometimes, and
1: yeah, we used to play at Birdland every Tuesday, and that's where I met Mike in that band, you know.
0: Oh, um, right, that's uh, right. It was and then, you and over the years we played in.
1: Yeah, exactly. Ryan, Kimberly, as well, and, and yeah, uh, and over the years we've you know Mike and I've played and man, I guess Maria Schneider's band now um, also. Oh, cool. Uh, we, we were in Richard Bona's band together, so. Wow. You know, on the road for like a nine-week tour at one point. <laughs> Woo! That's uh, where you really yeah. get
0: to know somebody, that's for yeah,
1: sure. That's right.
0: Holy man. mackerel. Yeah. Well, uh, the tune that jumps out, uh, you know, I enjoyed the whole thing, but uh, the crossover, uh, you know, the stuff that you and he do together on that is just phenomenal. So tell us about that one. Uh, you and he do? The voodoo that you and he do. All right uh, post-production again and I uh, wanted to give you a little snippet of crossover so you can uh, see where I'm coming from with digging on that one. Here's a wee snippet of the tune "The Crossover" from Lost Words) <laughs>
1: A, a based, the whole tune is based off of an etude I wrote, kind of a classical etude I wrote, and in the etude I was trying to, I guess, interject some of that the, the concepts from Puddle Jump when we just talked about, but yeah, but inter- interjecting the pedal tones, but in kind of a more classical way. Mm. Uh, so that's what happens in the the introduction, which is just that etude right um and then i decided you know what let me take this and see if i can make it a tune so it's almost a little bit tongue-in-cheek you know like yeah like bop, 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 and then we just go into this burning yeah know, yeah burning burning form you know um uh, so there's actually a version of that if if, if people want to check it out which i think is actually a better version it. <laughs> uh-huh. uh it's the full, full thing with it it's on youtube but it was we recorded it actually at wdr with the wdr rhythm section oh man um and uh, just quintet, but it was me and mm-hmm. Mike and I, and then the the WDR rhythm section. Um, oh, I'll look and for I th- that. I think that version came out really good. But uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just a that's a fun, just a fun tune to play. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, but it, yeah, it, it sounds out, yeah, like, it. It like yeah, yeah. It was it was an A tune, and I called it the crossover so idea, which, you know, still like I mean, I'm trying to practice all the time classical and jazz stuff, you know.
0: It yeah, uh, you were sides
1: up, and that was the idea with that tune. It's just like okay, I'm gonna play classical now, and then boom, here we go, and now. that yep. now were. Now we're cutting. So. It
0: feels to me like you were one of the, you, like you were a little ahead of the curve on that. Where nowadays there's a lot of people, that's you know, and it's a wonderful trend where the genres are just kind of all blending. It's just music is music, and
1: I mean, yeah, I think that's how it should be. Maybe it's because there's yeah. no more record stores to tell us what's what's what. Right. <laughs>
0: that's true. Yeah. That's true. There's no bins. We we don't know. Well all right, let's let's dive on into uh sound stories comes next it's a uh, quintet but it's uh Donnie McCaslin this time. Uh yeah. and I I like the series of anxiety tunes. Tell us about that whole thing. Oh man, post production again. Sounds ominous. Game over, man. Uh yeah, it does sound ominous, but beautiful tunes anxiety part 1. part two here's a little snippet of anxiety part two divided up for reasons that you'll hear of in a moment from Marshall but this is part two and I'm gonna let a little bit more of this one play because we need to hear some of uh, Marshall's fabulous storytelling with his improvisation so I'm gonna let his solo play and uh, we'll catch a, a big chunk of anxiety part two
1: that I wrote, I wrote the beginning uh, here in the, in the US. And then at that time, I was moving to Germany. Mm. So I finished the tune um, over there. And you know, it's just like kind of a lot of uncertainty in my life at that time, because I was, you know, moving, you know, to a different country. Sure. Um, and so I wrote the first half of it, first part of it here. And then just to the kind of, the, you know, when I finished it, I was over there and kind of going through all these you know, different emotions or whatever. And so it's pretty different the second half of it. But, um, you know, it's really meant just to be one piece. It's called part one and two, because Mm -hmm. at the time that was back when people were still downloading things quite a bit. And I think there were some rules on Apple for pieces that were over 10 minutes that it, you think you couldn't download it as a single, only with an album. So I tried to make it, Uh, I think I was just, I think that's where it became part one, part two, was just making it so it was uh, downloadable, I I, I believe, if I remember correctly. But, uh, uh, But, you know, that's still a tune though. If I go out like, like I'm, I'm going out with some small group gigs uh, coming up here pretty soon. And that's a tune I love, to, love to play. So it's just so much fun to blow over that.
0: Yeah, that, it sounds that, like. That. It. I love,
1: I love playing in odd meters and and the blowing section in seven on that is just really fun.
0: Now, program. when you, as an aside, when you are dealing with mixed meters and stuff, uh, do you have any any way of? For me, it's always I'm always trying to feel it somehow like like four feels to me. You know, if I could get it to feel. It, the same kind of swinging natural. Are you thinking math, or is it a you've got just a natural approach to it?
1: Um, You know, to be honest, I, I think. Well, I was always a huge fan of the Brad Meldau Trio, and so sure uh, they, the, you know, they play play quite a bit in seven tunes like "All Things You Are," "Alone Together," and uh, yeah,
0: putting um, it in um, seven. Uh, sure,
1: Um it uh, might as well be springs that bump i think that's
0: seven as well
1: yeah no they do it in seven as well yeah and um so i i started really kind of hearing or i guess starting practicing a lot and writing tune. a lot of the tunes i write in seven tend to be more that two two three so like which is divided like half note half half note half note dot a quarter dot a quarter. So like bump 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 yeah you know sometimes when i'm playing i will try to play like a big seven over two bars so like if you're like if you're practicing and you just try practicing with with a metronome seven or or with a drummer or whatever, trying to play half notes that go over the bar line every two bars they line up things like that.
2: Oh um, right. I, I would also
1: right. do some practicing this, and I heard this in a Mark Turner, the tenor saxophone player in a mm-hmm. master quest once he gave. He talked about um um about trying to practice odd meters with a metronome in two. Ooh. So like so it would be like this like. One, two, 3, 4, Or even five would be like one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, 4, Oh, five, nice. Five. So you're subdividing. You know, like on you're putting the metronome on one and four end and in seven, and then one and three end and in five. Wow. Um. And uh, I did some of that. That's really challenging. But um, I, I think um, just working on it. Um, you know, and practicing. It's tricky tricky to practice with a metronome because I I think the best way to play it out on times is to really feel the grouping
0: right Um, right
1: you know so I would do a lot of that and just but also tons of listening to others and then playing with people and then and then eventually playing odd odd times with people you trust Mm. Uh, because that's the tricky thing as soon as you hear somebody oh you know if I'm traveling and doing gigs and if I pull out a tune in seven I know probably in the next in the first 15 or 20 seconds if it's going to work or not you
0: know yeah yeah
1: um it's just something that but it but it's also there's more and more people doing it now like yesterday i was i teach up at knowing England conservatory right now and yesterday right. i uh i took this brought this tune to my ensemble there play date from my uh, trio record i did which is the contrafact of cherokee but in b but it's in seven as well oh um, and uh and <laughs> we played that it's not you know, enough these, these are these are all university students that were that were it was they were playing solid in seven so it was um, mm. uh, pretty fun you know, I think there's more and more people that are comfortable doing it
0: now, oh, I think so, yeah, it's almost like um you know you see the the uh the more that a generation has grown up with certain technologies, it becomes second nature, mm-hmm. and i think I think it's the same with uh with the odd meters for sure it's uh Maynard used to always talk about that when he'd go over he actually did this teaching thing in the summers in India where he would teach four four swing because. It was so foreign to some of the students with ragas and patterns that to us seemed pretty complex to them was was easy because they grew up with it
1: yeah yeah Hmm.
0: so uh yeah yeah i still i get tripped up man it's but i love it i love that stuff man especially meldau's stuff mixed meters mixed meters game over man what do we do now yeah mixed meters are deep man so taking a break here post-production uh it's time for a commercial from our one and only sponsor uh the good folks at leadology uh that's me so in the background you hear anxiety part one from the album sound stories marshall jilks uh donnie mccaslin uh wonderful small group and uh anxiety part one i'm anxious about mixed meter but let's get back to the commercial. So leadology is volume one there will be a volume two coming but in the uh, this first book what I get into is my approach to upper register playing in such a manner that it's all about relaxed and efficient use of air rather than a lot of pressure. So the whole thing is based on that with a series of etudes, a discussion of maintenance, warm-up, lip slurs, what I call gliss tones. And uh, the etudes have very cool backing tracks uh, that features a human rhythm section. They are very human. Uh, Well, actually, they're kind of meta-human. They're beyond mere mortals. Dave Bayless on drums, Dennis Carroll on bass, and Joey Scotsch. On piano and they give you a beautiful palette for these etudes which are I call them gliss etudes or legato etudes and uh, it's a whole approach that helps you to expand your upper register while staying relaxed big key right there also in the book I get into uh, analyzing some of the aspects of what Clark Terry would say is emulate assimilate and then you will innovate, i.e. aka the manner of acquiring style and vocabulary syntax for improvisation or lead playing. So we get into that and I analyze some of my own choices uh, via some trombone band pieces that I wrote for the book, as well as uh, some Vinyl Hampton stuff, which is my rock and pop and funky band, it has a nice, well, it's an understatement, an unbelievable horn section. And uh, Lisa Dodd on vocals. Um, so I do some stuff there playing kind of a lead sound, and I analyze that, as well as big band. Maybe the most important aspect of this book is, of course, the cartoons. I uh, use it as an opportunity to spin that play, and uh, I made some cartoons via a strip called R. You hip question mark? And you will be hip if you buy this book. And as I've mentioned, an angel will get its wings. Not a boy, Clarence. So let's get back to our conversation. Conversation sounded like I was from uh, New Jersey. I like it. Back to our conversation. And uh, this uh, it is now Marshall jokes and we are talking with Marshall Jilks about his uh, time with the WDR big band and the wonderful amount of music that has come out of that. Here we go. Uh, Well, let's see. After that, we get back into some WDR stuff. You do two in a row, one of which is uh, nominated for a Grammy. Uh, Welcome to the Grammy-nominated club of individuals, and that's the – the Köln, pronounced correctly, yeah. that was pretty nice. good. All right, Great. All right. Yeah. oh, good. Working on my umlauts, so it's <laughs> uh, that's the correct. <laughs> in uh, in the U.S., we say Cologne, but uh, right. it's that's the actual Deutsch name for that. Uh, and I uh, now here's here's a pandering thing. I've often thought that that beautiful cathedral reminds me of your talents reaching for the heavens but uh <laughs> ultimate pandering to a guest but it's true i kind of think of it what a did it ever get tired for you seeing the, oh but you got something what are you doing over here
1: not there was a heater on back there I was just turning it off oh Sorry. i thought <laughs> i thought you were
0: going to turn back around with like a costume or a mask or something
1: oh no 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 no.
0: <laughs> okay um for those that couldn't that's, see that which would be everybody that's coming uh, up later that's oh that's later. No, beautiful, no. <laughs> beautiful. All right. costume change uh, stay tuned. Uh, yeah, but I wondered if passing by that cathedral, if it ever with me, I would just be every time I've seen that has just been so astounding.
1: No, every day. I mean, you know, the WDR studio is right across the street, so it's wow. I'd I'd see that almost every day. You know, when I was there, it's it's, a, it's a, and still when I go back, I look at it, Jesus Christ. I can't believe somebody.
0: I'm here. Am I allowed
1: to say? Am I allowed to say Jesus Christ on this show? Sorry. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. I checked ahead of time. He said it's cool. Just like it's a oh, shout okay. out. It's a shout out. To Jesus, yeah. which is nice. Well,
1: we're talking about you know the church, so yeah. Uh, no, I, that's that's an amazing cathedral, though. Know? I mean, I'm, yeah,
0: right. It's just a, a an astounding thing that you can't even believe exists that humans made this.
1: Yeah, and just the way the way it is in the city there, because I, I think there I think there's rules about the height of other buildings within mm. the old the old city of Cologne, you know, so wow. to make sure that the that the cathedral is visible. Yeah.
0: Well, let's see. Uh, Man, there's so much to choose from from that great project. I particularly enjoy My Shining Hour, what you did with that. Uh, Man, it it modulates all over the place. It's fast as can be. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, There's a cliffhanger for you. We are going to uh, make this part one of a two-part show with Marshall because we had so much to talk about. So. This will uh, end part one, but we'll be back when the day is new and we'll have more ideas for you. Wait a minute. That's Fred Rogers. That's not Marshall Jilks. We are at the Leadology podcast, and that'll do it for today's show. Part one of a two-part series with the great Marshall Jilks. Stay tuned for part two. In the meantime, this is Leadology This is our podcast, uh, and in the background you hear a little bit from the front range recording called The High Road, and that is our theme song, The Vinny Paradox, and it features a high D-flat. Go get it, little Stevie! (laughs) All right, Dan, we will see you next time on the Leadology Podcast. The Leadology Podcast is a production of Waste World Productions 2024.